Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Hey, Creekwood, I want to welcome you to our service, and what a powerful song that we just sang. And, you know, I, I want to just say this to you as, as we begin, that wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life right now, I want you to know that God is with you. I think it's important for us to realize that and that God is with us. And I want to invite you at this moment just to uh, do something with me. And I'd like for you just to take your hands and just open your hands up like this and let this be a, a symbol of a surrender to God. You know, this is, in this moment right now, I, I want to pray with you. And as your, your, your hands are opened up and in symbolizing a, a surrender to God, Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, thank you, God, that we sense your presence, God. God, no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on in our life, God, that you are with us. And God, in this moment, we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender everything to you, God. We thank you, God, that you are in control. We thank you that you are watching over us, God. And Father, we just love you, God, and we want you to know that we surrender every part of our lives to you, God. We thank you for this, and everyone said, amen. Well, again, it is great to have you join us online. Um, uh, Creekwood, all of our family that is joining us today, um, I, I just want you to know my wife and I, we love you, and it is an honor to pastor you. If I've not had an opportunity to meet you, my name is Stephen Nutt. I'm the lead pastor here at Creekwood. And I just want to thank you again for joining us in this service. Um, Again, uh, it is is a a trying season that we're in. All of us are at home. And uh, as a a church, this is also a trying time for us to adjust to some new ways of doing church. And I want to just tell you as a pastor how grateful I am uh, for our, our church and for our staff. All of you guys have done such an incredible job. Uh, the church, uh, you guys have adjusted so well and are, so many people are watching the services and you guys are doing an incredible job sharing the service with your friends. And uh, also I want to thank our, our staff for all of their hard work in moving our entire church online, our kids' ministries, everything is online uh, so that we can have the Creekwood experience. And uh, again, I want to welcome you. I also want to say that Petey is back again this week. Uh, He did not want to stay at the house. He wanted to get out and uh, join us today at Creekwood. He's been really enjoying the services. I know a lot of you guys have your pets with you. And uh, so Creekwood, uh, Creekwood, Petey is back and he's kind of getting situated here and getting comfortable and uh, you know, I want to share some words with you today. If you've got your Bible, and I want to turn to Proverbs 18, and I want to, I want to pick back up on the topic that we talked about last week, and we talked about trust, and I think that that trust is such an important topic for us to talk about and to look at what God's Word says. I want to begin today by asking you this question. 
Do you trust God? I think it's a really, really important question to ask ourselves. Do we trust God? Do you trust God? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not asking you, do you believe in the existence of God? I'm asking you, do you trust God? Do you trust God? And I think that a lot of us, again, um, what we're facing, what we're going through, um, and, you know, life is really, none of us ever dreamed that we would be going through what we're going through. And I think in this kind of moment, um, it's important for us to ask ourselves, uh, do we really trust God? You know, trust is, is such an important issue because um, whether you realize this or not, trust is at the center of every relationship. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. So trust is important. And, you know, the entire Bible, you look at the Old Testament and New Testament, it is full of the message of God that God is communicating to us, saying over and over to us again and again, would you just trust me? You get into the New Testament, and again, it's, it's all about trusting God, trusting Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And the Bible is so full of, of scriptures, again, of people that trusted God. And let me just read some to you And as we set this up today. Proverbs 18, if you've got your Bibles, you can read along. Proverbs 18, 10 says, The name of the Lord is, strong, is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Psalm 63, 1. Again, I love this. It says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. Genesis 13, 4 says, there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And again, uh, another scripture, Isaiah 40, 31. And I just want to read, read these scriptures to you for you to really grasp that the Bible is full of the message that God wants us to trust him. And there are people in the Bible that trusted God. And it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, when you think about um, what trust means, there are two different types of trust. When we begin to unpack and um, you begin to look at, at what trust really means, there are a lot of us that, that if you want to write this down, that, that again, there are two different types of trust. Some of us are trusting in a situation and others are trusting in someone. And um, I think you, it's important for us to know the difference. What's the difference in trusting in someone or something? Uh, or, or trusting in a situation and, and you're, you're trusting that this is going to happen and, or you're trusting in someone in your life. The reason why it's so important to know the difference is that if you're trusting in a situation or you're, you're trusting in a certain um, uh, circumstance in your life, uh, eventually it's going to disappoint you. So the question you have to ask yourself is what is a deeper trust look like, a deeper hope, a foundational trust in your life? What is the fallback uh, 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 trust in your life? What does that look like? See, when you begin to really unpack what trust is about in our life, and I think a lot of us, this is really complicated for us because um, 
we have had so many things happen in our life that have affected our trust. And um, a lot of us have, have faced circumstances and situations in our past that has, it is actually molded in uh, the, the trust that we have. And, and a lot of us, when we are really honest, we don't really trust too many people. And one of the things that happens is that our circumstances and situations don't just affect our trust in people. It starts to affect our trust in God. And I was thinking about this and really, what, what, what is that? The, what's the core of this? What, what is it? Where do you have to go to really start to unravel this and pull back the layers of how do I, again, begin to look at trust and really begin to build that trust? Because I have to understand what has happened to my trust. And one of the things that, that happens to a lot of us is that um, we have believed a lot of lies about our past. And what's affecting your life today is not so much what's happened to you in your past, but it's the lie that has been embedded in your life about your past. And you, you, it's so easy, again, to, to let circumstances happen in our life, and then after a while, you, you start to believe certain lies. And, and there was a study actually done and how that, that we um, have this ability to go back in our memory and start to edit it. And, um, and, and this is where the lies come in. And um, the Northwestern University School of Ministry, and uh, not School of Ministry, School of Medicine, I'm sorry, um, Northwestern University School of Medicine did some research and um, uh, they, they, they published, in fact, in the Journal of uh, Neuroscience. And I was talking to, to my wife about this and she really encouraged me to read this. But, you know, what, what's, what's really neat about this and the reason why it's a little lengthy, but I want to read it to you because I love when medicine backs up what God's talking about in, in God's word. And actually, in this study uh, that was published in the Journal of Neuroscience in 2014, it talks about this. It says, using brain scans of 17 healthy volunteers as they were taught new data and recalled previously learned information, Voss, which is the doctor, and his colleagues were able to show for the first time precisely when and where new information gets implanted into existing memories. When you build a new memory, you gather little bits of information, what the room looks like, who's talking, what they're wearing, and store them together. When you bring up an old memory, the bits of information get melded with new bits relevant to your present life, Voss said. A memory isn't a static thing that you bring in and it slowly gets moved out and stuck somewhere in the brain, he said. Every time that you retrieve it, you have the ability to modify it. And here's where we're going. Listen to what it says. This makes your memory quite unlike the video camera that you imagined it to be. Voss, Voss's findings build on others and may also explain why we can be thoroughly convinced that something happened when it didn't and why eyewitness testimony is notoriously unreliable. Our memories are thus less a snapshot of the past than a record of our current view of the past. And again, um, this, in other words, what, what they found is that your brain has the ability to edit your trip down memory lane. 
that every time that you go back into your, 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 the memory lane of your life, of your past, and all the circumstances that make you up your story, you have the ability to edit that trip. And I was talking again to my wife, and I love to quote her. Uh, um, and again, I'm going to quote Dr. Nutt. Um, a doctor, uh, um, a lot of y'all may not know this. My wife's a, a doctor and uh, went to school a long time to be called that. So once in a while, I need to use that. Um, so Dr. Nutt said this to me. She said, your memory is like a digital video. It's more, it's, let me start again. Your memory is not like a digital video. It's more like a blender with the top off. You leave the top off the blender and it's all over the place. And again, um, this, this has to do with, with um, the fact that, that all of us have these, these events that have happened in our life, and it's easy to kind of start believing these lies. And let me just say this to you. I want to be clear, and I want you to hear me when I say this. I am not discounting what's happened to you in your past. There, there are some horrible, tragic things that have happened to you in your past that are very real. And I'm not calling those things into doubt. That, that, those things happened. They were horrible. But the bigger problem uh, that is affecting your today is the lie that you, have, that you are believing about that circumstance that happened in your life and, and about yourself. For example, uh, if you were sexually abused, and so many in our culture have been sexually abused. In fact, studies should show that one in three women have been sexually abused. One in six men have been sexually abused. So that's a lot of people that are watching. And what happens is that one of the lies that gets embedded into our life is that um, we will never be whole. There's, there's some of you that maybe your dad belittled you continually growing up and, and the lie that was embedded, that attached itself to you, that it's affecting you more than what happened in your past, that it's affecting you today, is that you believe that you're worthless. The, the, the lie that you believe. For some of you, maybe your spouse left you and you've been abandoned. And, and the lie that you believe about that circumstance is that you never will trust anybody else, that you can never trust anybody now, why is this so important? And I know some of you are like, where, where are you going with all this? And you are like wondering why in the world I read this whole story about this, the study of our brain and how we have this ability to go back and edit our past and, and the lies that get embedded. And, and the reason why this is so important when it comes to your walk with Christ is that a lot of us, um, we have, have allowed lies to be embedded inside of our soul when it comes to God that you've had circumstances and situations that have happened. For, for some of you, maybe it was an unanswered prayer or, or something tragic happened again, and you started to believe that, that, that the lie that God doesn't care about you. For some of you, what's been embedded inside of your heart is that God's not, God's not with you. If God was with you, none of that would have happened. And this is the lie that has happened, and, and it's been embedded inside of your life. And you think about this again, if all relationships are based on trust, you break the trust and you break the relationship. And a lot of us, the reason why we're so full of fear and panic right now 
in our life is that we don't trust God because of the lies that have been embedded in our life about God. And we, again, we have attached these different lies about I can't trust God, um, God doesn't care, God's not with me, and, and we've attached these lies to the character of God. And it all has to do with these events and things that have happened to you a long time. This, I'm telling you, this is so huge to us, and it's what keeps us from truly trusting God. It, it's what keeps us from trusting people. It's the lies that we believed about ourselves. And I, I want to show you this scripture because, see, I believe one of the biggest problems, again, is not your past. It's not what's happened to you in your past. It's the lie that you believed about what happened in, in your life. And are you, have you allowed some lies to be embedded in your life when it comes to God? See, in this scripture that I want to show you, and again, I want to read the, show you the scripture, and from this scripture, I want to show you two prayers that I hope you'll write this down today and really apply this to your life and make this a, a part of your, your prayer time. Um, John 15, 1, 2 says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Prayer number one is, God, give me a greater view of you. God, give me a greater view of you. And I think that's such an incredible prayer for us to pray. And here, um, Jesus um, speaks of something that I had never really noticed in this passage. I've read this so many different times. And uh, again, we, we, we highlight the part that it says that he is the true, uh, I, he says, I am the true grapevine. And, but then he says something so important. He says, and my father is the gardener. He says that God is the gardener. I don't know if you've ever, um, again, most of you that are watching, uh, you're like, you don't have a garden in, the, in, in your backyard because you probably have a tiny yard. And, but there are some people out there, like my brother-in-law, that he is, it doesn't matter what size his yard's going to be, he's going to figure out a way to have a garden. He is like my father-in-law, he loves to garden. And I know the different times before when he had a garden, every time I went over, he wanted to show me the garden. And he spent a lot of money on, on making sure that garden was, was, was perfect and and. Uh, mixing the, the nutrients that that, that that garden needed. And he was so proud of all the things that were growing inside of it. My father-in-law was the same way. And some of you have a grandfather or parents or somebody like that that you know that they love to garden. And one of the things that you know about a gardener, that when, when a person loves to garden, they'll do whatever it takes to make sure that that garden thrives. And I want you to think about this, this fact that it refers, the Bible refers to God as the gardener. In other words, it means that God wants me to thrive. God wants, as the gardener, he wants us to thrive in our life. God wants to take care of us. And I know I have so many uh, business owners that you are, are so worried about your business. And, and I just want you to hear me when I say this. Um, God wants your business to thrive. God wants your personal life, your family to thrive. 
and God cares about you. And I think one of the greatest things that you can do is to discover that God is good and that God wants you to thrive in your life. Prayer number two is this, is is there anything in my life that needs to be pruned? And uh, again, in verse two, it says, God prunes so that it will be, uh, be more fruitful. In other words, God prunes our lives so that we will be more fruitful. I love the, the, uh, the version called the voice. Um, and it, it actually describes this a different way. It says he carefully prunes. God carefully prunes our lives. You know, I'm not an expert in fruit trees, and, but one thing that I do know is that a fruit tree has to be pruned. For example, an apple tree, um, uh, it, it, it believes that, that it can bear all the fruit that it can produce. But one of the things, if it does not get pruned, the limbs are going to break. There's going to be tremendous damage to that fruit tree. And again, that a lot of us, we think that we can bear the weight of all that's happening in our life. And, and God, during this season, wants to prune some areas of our life that God wants to come in. For example, a lot of us, um, an area that needs to be pruned in our life is that for, for many years, we've found our self-worth in the approval of people. And uh, your whole identity has been about the compliments that people can give you. And you know, that's never enough. It, it's never going to be enough. It, there's, there's always going to be this void. For some of you, maybe it's an attitude that, that needs to be pruned out of your life. Or, or maybe it's a lie that you're believing about yourself. Or maybe it's a sin in your life that, again, God wants, to, um, want, wants you to thrive. And I think one of the greatest things that you can do is is to ask God, God, would you help me to have a greater view of you? And God, would you begin to to look at my life and would you begin to prune these areas of my life? Begin to change me. You know, so many of us, again, we, we are so focused on just getting clarity in our life. And I love in, in this book called Ruthless Trust by Brennan Manning, and um, he talks about this, what it looks like to have this ruthless trust. And he tells the story of Mother Teresa. And if you don't know Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa uh, served for years in Calcutta, India. And this, he tells a story um, about this man that went over there to work for three months with, with Mother Teresa. And the first day that he got there, he went up to Mother Teresa and he was so excited to meet her. And he asked her, would he pray for her? And she asked him, what can I pray with you about? And one of the things that, that he said is that he said, would you just pray for me that I would have clarity in my life? I'm here. Uh, I want to spend these three months because I need clarity in my life. And Mother Teresa said something that was kind of shocking. She said, I won't pray for you about that. And I guess Mother Teresa is the only one that can tell somebody that she's not going to pray for them. And the reason why she said, I, I, I won't pray for you about clarity is that she said this, is that she said, I've never had clarity. All I've had is trust. And she said, what I want to pray with you about is I want to pray that God would help you trust God and that you're leaning into the fact that you just want clarity. And there are going to be things that you're not going to know why it's happening. You just need to trust God. And in just a few moments, we're going to have a closing song and then Pastor Brad is going to come back and uh, close the uh, service. But 
I, I want to give you a, a, some moments to, to do some reflection, and I also want to do a declaration today. I love to declare things over our life, and I, I believe that this is so powerful. If you want to repeat this after me today, and uh, it's going to be on the screen, and just declare this today in, in, in the name of God today, in the name of Jesus Christ, I acknowledge you and praise you for being in control. I acknowledge you and praise you for being able. I acknowledge you and praise you for providing that your plan is perfect, that your timing is perfect. I acknowledge you and praise you because you see everything. God is with you and God is a God that we can trust. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.